from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And hello, friends, and welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. As you know, I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and it is my pleasure to introduce our guest today. We have Jennifer Kessler, who is the general manager of Subaru of Gwinnett. And as you know, we broadcast live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio. So it is an honor to have her here with us today and share her story of success. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I do just want to tell our listeners, if they're unfamiliar with your recent promotion, um, that you were recently appointed the general manager of the Subaru of Gwinnett. And that is so exciting. Congratulations to you. Yes, thank you. I'm really excited. Um, growing up, I never realized this was my dream job, uh, but it actually is. So it's pretty neat to be able to come to work every day and look around and be like, this is really what I'm meant to do. And I love it. So yeah, I'm really excited. So you have been with that dealership for 18 years? 18 years. Yeah, nearly half my life I have worked for our company and it's been incredible. I've really grown up there. So I would love for you to share your story um, kind of ascending through the ranks. I know that you mentioned that you started part time as a receptionist and share your journey with us. Sure. Yeah. So I started uh, there part time as a receptionist, like you said, when I was in college. Um, and I just really intended it to be a, a short-term thing, um, just nights and weekends job while I was getting through school. And then I ended up falling in love with the company and the people and the culture. And so I, I enjoyed it. And then um, I knew I didn't want to be a part-time receptionist um, or just a receptionist in general. I really wasn't the best at that job. Um, and I think they re really recognized that too. So, But they liked me enough that they wanted me to stay. So they offered me a sales assistant position. Just, I was very ambitious, and so um, just answering the phone at that time, just I, I got bored a little bit. So um, I was a sales assistant, and then they kept telling me, you know, you really should be selling cars, and I did not want to do that. My dad was actually in the car business, and I was like, no way, I'm not, I'm not doing that ever. But they were smart, and they had, as part of my sales assistant duties, they had me start calculating the salespeople's bonus checks, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll consider it. And um, this was right about the time the internet was becoming a thing uh, in car sales. And I was young, and they gave me a BlackBerry because uh, ah. the, the iPhone wasn't even a thing yet. It wasn't even out yet. Mm -hmm. uh, this is 2006. And said, hey, just, just take this BlackBerry and answer the leads that come in. And you, you don't have to talk to the people outside. Just It's this new thing we're trying out. And so I started selling cars on the internet. And then from there, um, I, I got pregnant with my oldest son. I sold cars up until the moment I delivered him. I was actually in the labor and delivery room, like on the phone with a customer, trying to close the deal right before. <laughs> you closed that deal, didn't you? I did. I was <laughs> I was just determined. I was like, I'm, I'm going through all this. The guy had come in before, and I was like, no way is anyone else selling him a car but me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I totally used that, like, I am about to deliver my child thing as a closing tool, and it was. <laughs> 
worked. Um, and then uh, came back quickly after he was born, um, continued to sell cars on the internet, and then had my second son. And it was when I was on maternity leave with him that our general manager called me and said, hey, I've got this opportunity at Subaru. Uh, you've been selling cars successfully on the internet for a long time, but they don't even have any sort of an internet department, and I'd like you to come launch that down at the Subaru store. So um, I left the Infinity store, um, we're sister stores, and went down to the Subaru store in uh, 2010, right after my second oldest son, Cooper, was born, and started up their internet department, um, thinking it would be just, that would be my job, internet, Monday through Friday, kind of nine to five sort of thing, and our GM was smart, and he knew me, and that lasted for about a month before <laughs> I was like, we need to fix this, we need to change that, we need, you know, and kind of just took over, and we were a small operation at the time, and um, it was pretty much just me down there, and over the years, I just kind of started doing each and every job as it needed to be done, and learned, you know, baptism by fire, as they say. And um, it was a great, a great opportunity to do because we were a small store. So the stakes weren't very high. And um, it was great. It was awesome. I, I fell in love with the brand. Um, I was already in love with our company. But then as I got to know Subaru as a brand, I fell in love with the brand and just kind of grew from there. Well, you know, love is what makes a Subaru. It's true. So <laughs> It really is true. And, you know, for a little while, I thought that was something cute that they just said. Um, but truly, that is the lifeblood of our organization, love and doing for others and trying to make the world a better place. Um, it's true. It's truly at the heart and soul of our company. It starts at the top with our president and CEO. And um, the love promise is alive uh, all throughout Subaru retailers across the country, but especially at Subaru of Gwinnett. I will say I I love the fact I love the fact <laughs> that you guys are so present and involved in the community. Um, I know that you support Rainbow Village enthusiastically, and they always speak so highly of you. And I recently just saw on social media some of your community service efforts. Share with me what you were doing with the purple shirts and loading what up in <laughs> the SUVs. Yeah, yeah. So this month is actually Subaru Loves Learning. Um, we've got a lot of things we do throughout the year, but August is Subaru Loves Learning, and uh, we adopted some class rooms over at Hopkins Elementary. Uh, it's a Title I school here in Gwinnett. Um, so they're, you know, they struggle sometimes to get the support that they need. So we donated school supplies to teachers over there. Um, we made big school supply kits. Subaru helps us with our efforts for those. And we loaded them up in a Subaru Solterra, our uh -huh. new EV, and drove them over to Hopkins. And uh, we helped with bus dismissal, which was really fun. And then um, had a little thing with the teachers. And so we donated those for this month. That's so sweet. Now, was were these, um, excuse me, these organizations, did you select them? Were they already, because I know you yourself are very passionate about them. So did you introduce the give back to Rainbow Village to Subaru? Or was that something that was already kind of in place and you just fell in love with it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was me uh, with Rainbow Village. But um, that was led by Subaru of America. So we do an event called the Share the Love event every year. It runs over the holidays, starts about mid-November and runs till early January. And up until about, I think it was 2012 or 2011, it was all national charities. There were five national charities where customers could choose if they purchased a car during that time frame. They could choose one of those five national charities, and Subaru would donate $250 towards the charity of the customer's choosing. 
And then they decided that it really made a lot more sense to involve the local communities. And so they gave retailers an option to choose a local uh, charity if they desired. And of course, I wanted to. So I started researching um, uh, charities in our area, found Rainbow Village online, and their mission statement really resonated with me. Um, it was something that I could relate to from my own upbringing. Um, and I just, I felt a deep connection right out the gate. And so I selected Rainbow Village. I brought them into the fold. And then over the years, um, it's just grown and grown um, where initially it was just, hey, this is a place where we'll send a check to during this event that we're doing to um, really learning more about their organization in ways that we can partner year round. And so that's something we do now. Um, I mean, all the time, we're always doing something with them. So it's more than just the money, but it's the connection, it's the awareness, it's the learning. I think that's really important. So, um, but yeah, Rainbow Village uh, was, was my baby with Subaru. <laughs> it's amazing when you can see how your efforts are impacting your local area. So like you were saying, giving on the national level, you know, we all know Make-A-Wish or right. all those famous um, nonprofits. But when you're able to apply those donations to a county that that you live in and actually see your dollars put to work. I can imagine that that's rewarding. Yeah, it really is. And I think for me, um, being in a position of leadership at Subaru, um, it's also about pouring into my people, um, who work for me and with me, um, making their lives better, but also making them better humans. And I think a lot of times it's easy to just get stuck in our own bubble with our own things. And um, to me, it's important to have my um, employees learning as well about what's going on around us in our community, um, because a lot of people don't realize that so many Americans and people right here around us are either already experiencing homelessness or they're very close, like one small thing away right. from, from finding themselves in a similar predicament. And I just think the awareness piece is a really a big piece because once you are able to look outside of yourself, um, it's a big growth opportunity for you. And then what you do with it is what really matters. And your children even participate, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, my kids, I, I know where you're going with that since uh, you and I keep in touch. My kids just recently came to me and said, hey, we want to have a lemonade stand at Subaru. And I was thinking, oh, man, these are smart kids. They know <laughs> I've got a big audience out there on Saturdays, a lot of traffic. They can really, Thirsty. yeah, they can, they can rake in the dough. And they said, but we want to donate everything we make to Rainbow Village. Mm -hmm. And they came up with that all on their own. And it made me feel good to know that they watch. I mean, I come home from when I volunteer and I talk to them about, you know, what I'm doing and why it is important. And um, I just share with them and it's it shows that they listen and they're paying attention. And then for them to have that like steward's heart to want to go and, and do things too. I think that's what I mean when I say like we can make a difference. Like if I can help my four kids be more aware at their age. Mm -hmm. I can help my employees be more aware of things. That's just a ripple effect of goodness Absolutely. out in the community. And I, I hope that that gains wings and keeps going. It'll soar. <laughs> now that you are in a leadership role, although you've led um, previously in a different, different variety, what would you say that 
makes up a good leader? What are some qualities that make up a good leader? Um, I would say just being selfless, um, feeling like you're all in it together where there's, there's nothing at the dealership that is, is beneath me that I am above. If, if I walk by the customer cafe and the snacks need to be restocked, I'll restock the snacks. Like it's, we, we're all in it together. Um, I think that a good leader, um, really believes in culture first, um, and, and if you can create a culture where people can communicate and feel safe and feel appreciated, um, you know, there's that saying that somebody who feels appreciated will always do more than what is expected of them. That's how, um, that's a driving force for me as a leader of, I really do want everybody to love coming to work as much as I do. I want everybody to feel like they matter and like they have a voice and an opinion that's important. I, I, I like cross training. I want people in the service department, if they see something they think could help in sales to know that they have a, a space to share it and that their idea will be valued and mm. we'll, we'll, try to learn and grow all together. So I think that that's what matters is leading by example is, is truly caring about the people that are around you and, and working together as a team. You definitely display that. <laughs> I'm curious as you were developing as a professional, who are people that you look to for guidance, maybe a mentor, a sponsor, or somebody that you admired that kind of helped you continue to propel? You know, I've had a lot of um, really great uh, leaders around me, um, good, good and bad, you know, where there's, there, I've had bosses where I um, really respect them, but I didn't respect an approach maybe that they took, but I learned from that, um, or people who were really tough on me, who I, at the time, um, frustrated me, but I realized they just wanted to make me better. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people throughout my education and my experience, probably too many to name. I will say we, we were talking about the lifeblood of the Subaru organization and, um, Tom Dahl is our president and CEO. He just actually, um, stepped down into more of an advisory role, uh, through the rest of the year, but he has been our president and CEO and he certainly has impacted me, um, and and the way that he leads, uh, he is the most approachable person. Um, he's the one who started the love campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one who started the love promise. He's the one who started the share the love event. And um, I always tell people, if you walk into a national business conference of Subaru and uh, you don't know that that that's a Subaru or an automotive company, you would think you're at a nonprofit meeting because yeah. while we could boast about the sales records that we continue to break over and over again and the fact that we have the best model lineup of vehicles on the road, instead we talk about how we can make the world a better place and he is genuine and if I sent him an email right now, he would write me back and he has literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people who work at Subaru retailers across the country and he would greet me by name he would ask me, how is your husband, Todd? How are your four children? He's just so approach approachable and personable on such a human level. And I think that's kind of the thing that inspires me about him is uh, the humanity behind everything that he does that we do at Subaru and what I try to do at Subaru of Gwinnett. That's very nice that you can get in touch with him and that he knows you on a personal basis. Like you said, usually they're just some, you know, big guy in the sky. Yeah, you don't really have access he, to He's them. one of the most incredible humans I've ever met. 
Now I am going to put her on the spot because she's here at the table. You don't have to talk. She's like, oh my goodness. But speaking about mentorship and you're talking about the lifeblood and reaching back and preparing your team for a variety of roles and challenges, I'd like for you just to share who's joining us in studio and, and what she does with you and the reason that she's here. Yeah. So Emma came with me today. Um, Emma actually used to be my server at Marlowe's. <laughs> That's how we met. Um, and she was amazing. Um, she was trying to sell me gift cards during a contest uh, around Christmas time that they do every year. And I was like, oh, this girl is coming to work for me. And she did. Um, I came back. I, I bought the gift cards, first of all. And then um, I came back the next week and I said, no, I'm serious. You're coming to work. And I um, I told her why she should. And then she told me that she got off at three and then she was at my dealership at 3.15. And I think she started working there the next day. But um, Emma's really, uh, she impressed me from the first moment I met her and she's worked for me for a couple of years now and she's already um, done like four different roles within the company. So a similar um, trajectory to mine, but um, I actually just uh, graduated from NADA uh, Dealer Academy last year and our last class, they asked us to identify uh, one or I, I'm an overachiever, so I identified three mm -hmm. uh, people within our that were currently working for me who I saw, you know, um, continuing to grow and excel and move through different roles and write out kind of a career path for them. Um, and Emma was the first one that came to my mind. So I, I haven't showed her uh, the complete thing yet, but I, I've told her about it. And, um, you know, she's just someone who I see a lot of promise in. So I'm bringing her with me to different things that I do just to expose her to other facets of the business that maybe she hasn't uh, learned about yet. And she's just embracing it all, soaking it up like a sponge. Um, I do see a similar um, spirit in her that I had to. Um, so, yeah. Well, congratulations, Emma. We're so excited <laughs> for you and for you to recognize that. I myself used to serve through college and you mentioned doing the same being recognized doing something like that, obviously you're going to school or maybe that's your, your main bread and butter, but for someone to recognize your talent, not associated with, uh, where you are is amazing. And you obviously saw those qualities within her and the potential. And I'd say that what does she poach you <laughs> or she just recruited you? Yes. Congratulations to you. Emma. I look forward to following you as you grow. Jennifer, I wanted to ask you some advice that you could give a young listener that's looking to kind of enter the world um, and, and find their footing in, in any career. Is there any schooling that someone could go to to jump into your line of work? If someone wanted to get in entry level, what would you suggest if they wanted to start a fruitful career? Yeah, so I would say first and foremost to be open-minded. I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that I was very sure that I would never want to sell cars and I would never want to do this because of what my I saw with my dad and I had already had my mind made up. Um, I'm glad that somehow along the way something prompted me to be a little more open-minded, but um, I would just say to, to really be open to experiences um, and, and not not pigeonhole yourself, um, really and truly believe that, um, it sounds so cheesy to say, but you can do anything. You really, uh, I, I'm not a dreamer in that sense. I'm a realist sometimes too much, I think, but, um, I always say come from a place of yes and figure out how to, to do it later. But generally, um, you know, if I'm approached with an opportunity, I'm going to say yes. Like that's my very first instinct. And then it, 
maybe later I'm like, oh God, what did I get myself into? That's that's how I've been many a president of a PTA. Oh, and, goodness. you know, like I can't even tell you the number of ridiculous things I've done because of that. But also I can't tell you how enriching all of those experiences have been to me um, and hopefully for others who uh, have been around for them. But um, that, that just helps you learn, grow, uh, and figure out what you like. I mean, I know Emma didn't intend to be sitting here either, um, but I also know that it's been really enriching for her and exciting. So I think that, you know, coming from a place of yes is the best way to find things out. And it may be that you say yes and you're like, this is awful, but Hey, now, you know, you know, and found out you didn't like yeah, it. And hopefully you took something away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would kind of be my advice, I guess, if I had to sum it up in one thing is come from a place of yes. I love that. Did you ever see that movie? This is forever old with Jim Carrey. That was yes, man. Uh, no, but my kids tell me all the time there's something on YouTube called Have a Yes Day. And they're always like, Mom, can we have a yes oh day? My gosh, I swear I've you have that. to say yes to everything. And I'm like, no. So there's one time where I, I don't come from a place of no yes day. because there's four of them and one of me and only one husband and we're outnumbered and a place of yes day with my children sounds scary. Well, I've seen that on TikTok and it is because one might want spaghetti for dinner. The other might want ice cream when they want to go to the jumpy place. They want to oh, ride four everything. wheelers <laughs> without a helmet and <laughs> expect you to say yes. Yeah. So kudos for not saying yes. Jennifer, when we return from our break, I'd love to just kind of get into your personal life sure. and also your schooling. Okay. Okay. Sounds so great. We'll be right back. NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back, folks. Amanda Pierce Marmalejo here on Celebrating Powerhouse Women with our powerhouse guest in studio today, Jennifer Kessler, who is the general manager of Subaru of Gwinnett. Before the break, we were learning about her extensive career with Subaru and all of her community involvement. And now, Jennifer, I would like to ask you, how did you meet your husband, Todd? <laughs> you know, uh, I know you're trying to get away from the professional, but I actually met him at Subaru, uh, when I was doing finance, I called him on a car deal. He was working at Wells Fargo Auto. Um, so that's where um, when customers come in, they need to get loans to buy cars. We have a variety of banks we use. Wells Fargo is one of them. And so I called him on a car deal. It was a 2006 Outback. Customers didn't have that great of credit. I needed some help. And I uh, called him and he started flirting with me and I had no idea which one he was. I knew there were two guys we talked to, one who was short, fat, and married, and one who was tall, 
good looking, young and single. And I didn't know which one he was, but I was like, I really need to get this car deal bought. So I guess I'll flirt back innocently, you know, Mm -hmm. but I I was like, whatever, I'll figure out later. Yeah. I guess that's the place that yes kicking in. I'll figure out which one he is later. Thank goodness. He was the young single guy. Um, cause he asked me for my cell phone number and I gave it to him. And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> Had you done car deals with him before? Well, in the yeah. So I wasn't predominantly in finance at the time. But again, like I mentioned previously, I was just doing everything uh, as needed. We were a much smaller operation. So I knew there, like I said, I knew his name. I knew there were two of them. I just didn't know which one. And that was the first time we'd really talked on the phone. I'd seen him th- come through the dealership to pick up contracts because this was a long time ago where we did not e-contract. It was right. paper contracts. So they would come by and pick them up. So I'd seen him pass through and I was hoping the one I was talking to was the young, Mm -hmm. tall, um, single guy, uh, worked out in my favor. Well, how did he notice you had, obviously he had seen you. Yeah. Yeah. He knew who I was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You stood out to him. That's so exciting. What a meet cute. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So where did you guys go after that? Just (laughs) McAllister's. It's very fancy. (laughs) I like it. Grab a sandwich. You know, he came over to pick up contracts and he was like, Hey, you want to grab lunch? And it was nearby. Um, (laughs) and I, I know that I liked him because I had sworn off that McAllister's, um, because it was the last place I went with my cousin, Jessica, who was my best friend. It was the last place she and I went before she unfortunately passed away in a car accident. And so it was a place I was just avoiding. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me and he's like, oh, I saw McAllister's and I, I agreed to go. And I knew I like really, really was into him because I didn't cry. And I, I'm a cry baby. I cry all the time. So I totally thought I would. And I did not because I was completely smitten by him. So that was our first date, which is coincidentally, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, I, that wasn't that wasn't a coincidence at all. That, it was meant that to be. that's where he suggested having no idea that mm-hmm. that was the last place she and I went together. So. And so is he still in the um, lending business? Uh, He was uh, until April and Wells Fargo did mass layoffs. Mm -hmm. And after being there for 15 years, he unfortunately fell into that group. But that's actually been a big blessing for our family. Um, He's he's been home since then. He was working from home already. So we were used to having him there. And the thought of having him go back out of the home again was just something that we didn't, we did not love the idea of because he'd been working from home since 2018 Mm -hmm. um, with four kids and just all that it's helped uh, tremendously having him there. So he actually pivoted. Um, He's coached our second oldest son in uh, travel baseball, which is very serious around here Mm -hmm. um, for the past several years. And he actually found an organization that uh, offered to pay him to coach baseball. So we're building batting cages in our backyard so he can do hitting and pitching lessons. And he just started Started with his new team. Uh, actually, last night was his first night. And so now he is um, coaching baseball for a living. Doing what he loves. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, and that's kind of what I encouraged him because I told him, I said, you know, I love my job so much and I'm so passionate about it. And even on days when it's frustrating at the end of the day, I'm like, I love it here. And in the entire time we've been together and the 15 years he was at Wells Fargo, he was he was fine with his job, but he never had a passion for it and he never loved it. And I feel like everyone has, um, should be able to have that. They have the right to, to love what they're doing. There's no reason that you should go to work every day and not love what you do. And so I said, just pursue something that brings you joy. And Mm. so that's what he's doing. And now do both of you have, sorry, the audience doesn't know. Jennifer is a mom. She has four children, three boys and one girl. Yeah. Do all of them play baseball? 
Uh, two of them do. Uh, so Camden's my oldest. Um, he's he's incredible. He's so smart. He's the best kid. He's 15. Um, he doesn't play any sports right now, but he has a robust social life. And uh, he yeah he loves to read. Um, he loves to game, code that stuff. Uh, my second oldest son Cooper. He's he wants baseball to be part of his life for the rest of his life. Um, he is a very it is his passion. It is his joy. Um, he's in eighth grade. My daughter Ashlyn. She does ballet and that is her passion. Um, she loves to dance. She loves to sing. She loves to perform. Every day is a performance for that girl. And then my youngest son, Colton, he's six, about to turn seven. He also plays baseball. Uh, his big brother, Cooper, is his hero. Um, so yeah, so they're all active doing things, uh, but two of the four play baseball. Well, speaking of sports, you were sharing an interesting nugget about yourself earlier. And as we sit here with microphones on our face, um, you are not a newbie to this world. Once upon a time, Jennifer wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Yeah, I did. Actually, when I was growing up, I wanted to be the first female uh, MLB umpire. That was my real goal. Um, but then the outfits were really not cute. So I thought, you know what, let's I, I loved I loved broadcasting. Um, so this was way before there was an Aaron Andrews to pave the way for women sports broadcasters. And that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I was studying uh, when I came to Infinity slash Subaru. And isn't it interesting how many people go to college and pursue something and then park it? Yeah. I myself do nothing with my degree either. But you're able to kind of use all the components to right. yeah, make yourself successful. Going back to being a parent and how active your children are and how active you are in the community, how do you remain sane, frankly? <laughs> how do you stay in balance health-wise, mentally, and make sure that you're able to give your best self to each of those entities? Uh, that's a great question, and I would like to start by saying, in no way am I sane. I don't know that anyone who has four kids is sane, but I try my best. Uh, it's part of my charm. Um, but no, I really think uh, the partnership with who, who you're doing life with, um, my husband is the best partner I could ever ask for. So there's that, and the saying, it takes a village, is true as well. Um, but it's definitely hard to find balance. Um, my daughter, she has a lot of health issues. She um, her diagnosis, like she wasn't supposed to live to be one and she's about to turn 10. And so with the gift of her life came a lot of perspective. Um, I was very unbalanced before Ashlyn came roaring into this world. Um, and so that, that taught me a lot and that has helped. And in no way am I perfect at it because again, when you come from a place of yes, it's hard to find balance sometimes, but I definitely think you touched on health. That's something I, I really didn't have a good handle on for me, but, um, Ahead, this past year, you know, I really just said, like, I can't be the best mom and general manager of a store and leader if I'm not taking the best care of myself. So I definitely, um, I've lost 45 pounds this year and really prioritize myself. And uh, it makes me feel so much better. And I have so much more energy and um, just clarity and focus that I can devote to everything that I'm doing. So I, I certainly, I always thought that was like a really stupid thing. People would say of like, Oh, take care of yourself first. And, but it's that whole thing. Like they say on the airplane, you need to, you know, get your, your preserver first before your mask before someone else's. It really is true. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say to start there. Thank you. And as far as your children and activities and things that you guys like to do outside of sports, because I know that's all consuming. Yeah. What do you guys like to do for fun? Uh, we like to go to Braves games. Nice. <laughs> uh, sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, we like to do that stuff. We love to be outside. 
um, it's a big goal of ours to take our kids to see as many national parks as possible. So we try to always make sure uh, when it comes to vacations, while we love an all-inclusive tropical where you need that sometimes to just do nothing, um, we try to really plan vacations that are um, seeing uh, the great big wide world and how much there is to offer. So national parks have been a really good way for us to do that. We're actually about to go to Montana in a few weeks, going to Yellowstone. So we're excited about that. I've never been. Yeah, I haven't either. Your pictures. Yeah, I'll definitely take some. We we've we've been to some cool ones. Acadia in Maine uh, remains my favorite. It's in Bar Harbor. That was incredible. And then just this past um, spring break in April, we did Zion, which is my second favorite. Bryce Canyon, um, a lot of really cool ones. Utah, Nevada, Arizona, Grand Canyon. So um, that was really neat. And to be able to see my kids see um, the world and travel. And, and just see more than just a beach mm-hmm. every time we go somewhere. Um, that's been really fulfilling for me and for them too. So we love traveling. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Well, I want to take a step back and ask you throughout your career and throughout your success, surely there were some obstacles along the way. Hmm. And my question is, can you reference one in particular and share with us how you overcame that obstacle in order to continue moving forward and get where you are today? You know, I think um, being a female in automotive is the obstacle, period. Um, you know, people will assume, uh, and they, then they, they'll say it to you all the time, that you either slept with somebody or you're somebody's daughter. And that's the only way you can be a female in this business and be where you are. And I, I, had, a, I had a man scream that in my face one time in the showroom because I wouldn't give him the discount he wanted on the car. And... Um, yeah, it was, it was ugly, but it just kind of, um, it shows you what people think. Um, you know, customers reach out and they, they don't see my picture online, but they see that my title, they assume I'm a man. So they reach out to Mr. Kessler all the time. Uh, things like that, where they, they don't believe that you can get where you are because of talent or determination or willpower. Um, they believe it was handed to you somehow or some way. So I think not letting that get to me has been the biggest obstacle um, because I take a lot of pride in how hard I work. Like uh, generally I'm, I'm the hardest working person in the room and I don't, I don't like tell everybody that, but I know it because I am. And, and I take a lot of pride in that. So I used to really offend me when someone would challenge that or question that. And then I, kind of had to come to the um, realization that that was more of a reflection on them than it was on me. And so once I could do that um, and know that like in a, in a room full of men, which is what I usually am, I can hold my own and, th- and they respect me and I've earned their respect and they've given it to me. There's a lot of really great men in the industry. They get a bad rap and some of them deserve it, but most of them are really great and have supported me, um, you know, a lot. Like we've talked about my boss, uh, my Steve, he's, he's been a champion for, for women in management positions and not really picking people based on if they're a man or a woman, but based on their talent and their ability to do a job. So, um, yeah, I would say that that in and of itself has been the obstacle and it, it's never going to go away, but that's okay. Breaking the stigma. And that's something you've done as you continue to build your team, right? Yeah. So talk about the females in leadership at at your dealership. Yeah. So we have um, a a female in a management position in in every department. 
Uh, and again, that that's not because it was like, oh, I, I need a, some more diversity in here. There are people who, you know, Jill, our assistant service manager, she's been here longer than I have. She's been here 19 years. Lisa, we actually got her with a building. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> Lisa's in part since she's literally been uh, with the company before Subaru was with the company. She was with the Isuzu store, I think, before. Mm -hmm. So Lisa's been like 21 years, and she's an assistant parts manager. Um, we've got women in management and marketing, um, you know, in the accounting office, mm -hmm. everywhere. So good for you. Now you can build a successful team and you can stack the deck however you like. Right. You've been doing it before DE&I became a thing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to play a game if you'd indulge me. Sure. Word association. Okay. I'm going to say a word and I'd like you to tell me what it means to you. Okay. All right. So we were talking about passion. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to define passion, please. Oh, wow. That's tough. Uh, do I have to use only one word? No. Your definition of, what, of being <laughs> passionate. I would just say it's a, it's a driving force. Uh, for me, that's what drives me to do pretty much anything I do is what my passion is. So yeah, I would say passion is a driving force. I love it. The next one will be perseverance. Um, I would just say that is unabashed determination uh, to reach a goal um, or to pursue a passion. Unabashed. Good yes. word. Haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> and the last, Jennifer, is grace. Oh, um, I think grace is something that is so necessary to give yourself and others. Um, I think when you lack the ability to give grace, um, it's just a really yucky place to be in your head. So I think grace, if I had to define it, would just be necessary. Thank you for, for indulging me. Jennifer, I told you our time would fly by, and I do want to give you the opportunity to share a final thought or some words of wisdom with our listeners before we wrap it up. Um, you know, just thank you for having me first and foremost. Um, I used to always say like, no way, shape and form am I a feminist. Um, and I'm not, I'm just a, a person who believes that all people have unique talents and skill sets and abilities and that in the world we, we shouldn't label or define people and what they can and can't do, but rather just get to know um, each person on their own and what they can bring to the table. Always, always strive to be learning about people and about things. Never stop asking questions and, um, you know, just find what makes you happy, find your passion and then pursue it. Oh, Jennifer, thank you. And go ahead and tell our listeners out there who we've just got so excited about all things Subaru, how they can find you guys. Oh, yeah. So we actually just opened our new location at 2950 Satellite Boulevard, and we still have our other rooftop, which is serving as our certified pre-owned building at 2920 Satellite Boulevard. So we're just spanning Satellite Boulevard, and we are online at www.subaruofgwinnett.com. And also follow them on social media. Yeah, our social media highlights a lot of what we're doing in the community. That's the best place to check us out. Facebook, Instagram, all that. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us and sharing your story with our listeners. For all of you out there, you know you can catch these shows 24-7 on businessradiox.com. And we are live every Friday at 1130 a.m. You can also simply search Celebrating Powerhouse Women anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Look for the Rosie the Riveter icon. For our guest today, Jennifer Kessler, I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.